1: Are you annoyed by affirmations? Are you tired of that same old rehashed personal growth advice that all seems to boil down to think positively and all your problems will go away? If affirmations feel like lies and positive thinking feels like denial, then I want you to get ready. The overwhelmed brain is here to help you create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, host of The Overwhelmed Brain, the personal growth show for the critical thinker. On this show, I discuss practical down-to-earth steps to help you improve your mood, your sanity, and your life. We'll talk about why we do the things we do and what we can do to reach higher levels of happiness and lower levels of stress and overwhelm. My goal is to help you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Well, today I want to dedicate an entire show to something near and dear to my heart and also many heartbreaks I've had over the years, and that's judgment. Ever since I remember, I've judged people by my sky-high standards. Well, let me rephrase that just a little because I was very selective in who I judged over the years. Mainly, I placed high standards on my romantic partners. Every woman I've ever been with has been... Well, victim to my judgmental behavior. When you judge someone, you're looking down at what they do in their life as not acceptable or not good enough for you. Judging is when you can't accept the behavior of others, so you impose upon them your standards. If judging was a career, I would have been the president and CEO of the company by now as all of my intimate relationships, except maybe one, experienced a taste of my judgments. I have been a high judger all of my life, up until recently, 2013, when I finally figured out that it wasn't everyone else that had problems and weren't doing the best they could. It was me. I had the problem accepting people for where they were and needed to be in life. What's really strange about that is that I was almost completely non judgmental with people that weren't in a romantic relationship with me. Only the ones that were. What I want to share with you is the struggle that happens when you have judgmental behavior. In nearly every intimate relationship I've had, I left a path of destruction. I want to talk about when judgments form and how. And even though I've let almost all of mine go, every now and then one will sneak in that I didn't realize was there. Our judgments create emotional triggers inside of us and cause us to feel bad and hurt others, most of the time unintentionally. When we are triggered by one of our judgments, we behave as if we are in a situation that we first experienced a long time ago, as if that situation were happening right now, all over again. This is important to know because anything that triggers you today is never about what's happening now. It's about what happened in the past that created that reaction in the first place, whether it was the way someone looked at you or how you were smacked or beaten up as a kid or even beliefs that you adopted because you didn't know any better. Judgments are formed in the past and triggers are activated in the present. It's a well-oiled machine that can ruin relationships and make you unhappy time and time again. I think it's about time judgment got its own episode. We'll define how judgments are created momentarily, but first I want to share with you how I single-handedly destroyed my marriage because of my inability to accept responsibility for my judgments. All right, if you're a regular listener to the show, I have to admit something to you. The story I'm about to tell you is the same story I told on another episode called Releasing Emotional Triggers in Relationships. But the reason I'm retelling it today is because it's so vital to the point I'm making in this episode about judgments. So I apologize if you've already heard this, but this time I'm gearing this story and this episode towards the destructive nature of being judgmental. So I'm hoping you don't mind if I tell it again. I met who would be my future wife in 2006. I remember the first week after we met. We were ecstatic and in love. What can I say? We both fell for each other rather quickly. But something happened just a few days afterward that set the tone for the entire time we were together from that day forward. While we were still getting to know each other on the phone, she told me that she was addicted to sugar. I laughed and thought, who isn't? (laughs) Almost all processed foods have sugar, so unless you eat completely raw, it's hard not to be. But after we fell in love, she mentioned it again, and we talked a little more deeply about her actual addiction to sugar. Again, I was still in a state of ignorance in the sense that almost everyone I know has a, quote, sugar addiction. People drink soda, they eat sweets, and all kinds of stuff that's bad for you. Big deal. But after a few more days, I started to notice things I wasn't aware of before. Some people eat a piece of pie and others eat the whole pie. I started noticing that she really did have an issue stopping herself from eating the whole pie, so to speak. Of course, This is something that any one of us could do on a holiday or special occasion. So I was surprised that even on regular days, she ate sweets like it was a holiday. It was around this time I soaked in the fact that she was really addicted to sugar. It wasn't just something she said in passing. It was a serious issue for her. As soon as that truth came to light, I suddenly realized I was in love with an addict. I know it sounds harsh when I say that, and I truly mean no disrespect to her or her struggles, but this was the moment I got triggered. This was the instant my fear kicked in and I closed off a small part of me. I became quietly and unconsciously disgusted by her behavior. Again, this sounds so harsh when I say it now, but I didn't know that's what I was feeling at the time my judgment kicked in and the part of me that felt free and happy to be in love was now closed up a little to protect myself. Protect myself from what though? Well, since I grew up in a house where my stepfather was addicted to alcohol and I feared for my safety on an almost daily basis, I developed a hyper-awareness of addictive behavior. And though I never considered sugar a quote, drug before, after I met her, I found out just how much control it can have over someone. The stronghold it had on her was eye-opening. I never met anyone before her that had an addiction except a couple relatives, so I thought I was free of addictive behavior forever. But this woman I met was now pulling up some deep childhood fears that I didn't even know were there. That's the challenge with triggers. It's that you can go almost your entire life without ever getting triggered. But then one day, someone does or says something that regresses you back to a time when you were younger and fearing for your safety in some way. This is what happened to me. When I was young, I didn't know any better. so I believe that I would likely be hurt or killed if a loud, uncontrollable alcoholic kicked open the door to my room. When he was drunk, his personality was completely different. He acted volatile and aggressive. He would say mean things and smash or punch material objects. He's even been known to slap my mom a time or two, or three. He was highly unpredictable and very scary to be around. And then after I moved out, I never saw anyone's behavior change like that again, and I really felt stable from that point on. But when I met the woman who would become my wife, all of that changed. I found someone I truly loved in almost every way except one, her addiction. Her behavior changed when she craved sweets. The person I knew became a person I didn't know at all. She went from sweet and caring to extremely focused and cold. This is the type of behavior change I experienced as a kid I would watch my stepfather go from a kind-hearted, well-mannered person to an irrational, uncontrollable, scary monster. Comparing them is like night and day, of course. But when we're in judgment mode, we're perceiving the world from the mind of a child, or at least a younger version of ourselves. So my perception of her behavior was the same as my perception of my stepfather's behavior. Different problem. Same reaction. This is how triggers are. We only get triggered because of something that happened to us when we were younger. Some of us tend to blame the event that's happening in the moment. But when we seek a deeper understanding of what's really taking place inside of us, we realize that there are deeper, sometimes more primal fears at work. So when we married about three or so years later, I still had unresolved fears that I never shared with her. That's because the person I was supposed to trust the most in the world was a person I couldn't feel safe around. The woman I was marrying, who I was supposed to be able to share anything with, was the last person I could trust with some of the deeper issues I had, all because I was initially triggered that day when I found out she was, quote, an addict. And for our entire marriage, That fear sat in the background and came out in small but destructive ways. After all, if she's an addict, then she's dangerous. At least, that's what my subconscious mind was telling me back then. Slowly and systematically, my behavior towards her caused her to close up little by little, making it harder for her to allow herself to love me and allow me to love her. This is what judgment does. It closes you off from those you love and forces them to close up around you. After all, how can one feel safe around someone who puts them down for being themselves? That's a huge issue in all of our relationships today. We judge so often. We may not even know we're doing it. So let's talk about this today. Let's get into this a little deeper and perhaps break down the process we go through When we're judging someone, I know from first-hand experience both sides of the coin, though I've been blessed in many ways to not have some of the problems others have had, which may have been a determining factor in why I became so judgmental. But let's figure this out as we go along. I know there's at least one of you, or a thousand of you, that can relate to what I'm talking about. Before I share with you how I define a judgment, let's talk about triggers. Triggers are what cause you to have a negative emotional reaction. When you experience something that goes against your belief system or your morals or violates your personal boundaries or flies directly in the face of your insecurities, you'll respond internally by getting a bad feeling. This is a trigger. They usually appear when you're in a happy or neutral state, which make them even more powerful because they immediately put you into an unhappy state. You usually feel hurt or angry or saddened by something that you experienced. For example, when I was in my 20s, I used to get triggered whenever my girlfriend had any male friends. It used to bug me so much. Things would be going along great, but Then she'd mention a friend of hers that just happened to be of the opposite sex. When I heard that her friend was a guy, I felt my chest tighten and the anger rise up in my throat. I was insecure as a boyfriend because I could never fully trust my partner. I figured that I wasn't good enough, so if she saw other guys, she'd probably want them more. This Insecurity caused me to form a judgment about her selection of friends. When she had female friends, that was fine. But when she had male friends, I got triggered with anger and started asking her a bunch of questions like, Who's that? And, well, how did you meet him? I would interrogate her until I came to the conclusion that he wasn't a threat. The stimulus that caused the trigger was my perception I perceived myself as not worthy or good enough or strong enough of a man. So I felt that her male friends were a danger to me because they could simply replace me. After all, I'm, quote, not good enough. So she's always going to be on the lookout for something better. Now, since I had a belief that other men were a threat to my relationship, my radar was always on scanning for those threats. My fears stemmed from my insecurities. My triggers stemmed from my fears. When it comes down to it, though, triggers are basically our fight-or-flight response system being activated. Back in the day when us humans didn't have grocery stores and had to hunt for our food every day, we were also being hunted. So we had heightened awareness all the time. Our fight-or-flight response saved our lives because We knew when it was better to fight and perhaps win or run and hide. But nowadays, we don't need fight or flight like we used to, but it's still hardwired into us, so it kicks in even for non-threatening events. (laughs) Even leaving the toothpaste cap off can elicit the fight or flight response in someone, at least in a less intense way. If someone cuts in front of you in a long line, does fight or flight kick in? It might, at least in the sense that you want to push them out of line or at least yell at them. What about when you perceive a parent being too rough on their child? Do you get the urge to confront the parent or do you stay out of it? These are a couple of the many scenarios where fight or flight kicks in. Now triggers are when an event happens today that resembles an event that happened in the past. And because the brain operates by remembering patterns, it associates memories from the past with the emotions we felt at the time as well. An excellent example of a trigger forming in my life is when my friend and I left a college dorm at 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning. The building was wired to alarm if anyone opened certain doors at certain times. But we didn't know that because this wasn't our school and No one told us the rules. (laughs) I know that's a bad excuse. Well, we got up early and went for the exit. It was completely silent in the building and around the campus because it was early on a Sunday morning at a college. I'm sure you know what I mean when I say that a college environment on a Sunday morning is eerily quiet. Well, as soon as I pushed on the door, The loudest alarm blasted throughout the entire building and possibly through the entire campus. When that went off, my flight mode kicked in and we both ran as fast as we could across the field and into our cars. We ran as if a tiger jumped out of the bushes and chased us to the parking lot. (laughs) What's funny is that we had absolutely no reason to run except that we thought maybe we broke a rule and didn't want to get caught. But that moment... That exact moment when the alarm sounded, my brain latched on to everything that was happening and formed a pattern. The pattern included a visual of a door in front of me and my hand reaching to push it open and a loud siren in my ears and an immediate fearful feeling and running for my life, scared. This pattern became a trigger that lasted about one or two years. After that event, I actually got triggered every time I approached any door to a store or a building and I had to hesitate each time before opening it. I would walk up to a door, feel this fear kick in and then stop myself before opening it. My fear learned to kick in before my rational thought process because my brain learned in an instant What to avoid doing next time. My brain memorized the steps I went through to create a flight response. These steps formed a trigger that could be reactivated anytime I repeated the same steps in the future. So every door I approached for the next two years triggered me. And as you'll learn in a moment, triggers are directly connected to judgments. So let's talk about judgments and how they linger in the background just waiting to come up and be a burden in our lives. (music) Judgments are conscious responses to triggers. When you are triggered, your subconscious mind evaluates existing circumstances to figure out if the events happening right now match the pattern of events that happened in the past. For almost two years, when I walked towards the door, my brain remembered the pattern of events from before and caused a flight response inside of me. Whenever a pattern from the past is recognized in the here and now, we are triggered. A judgment is what we do in our heads consciously to figure out how to respond to that trigger. Does that make sense? Let's take the door alarm example I just used in the previous segment. Every time I approached a door, my fear kicked in. This was an unconscious program just waiting to be reactivated in order to protect me. That's what fight or flight is designed to do. It protects us to keep us alive. Like I said, it gets activated for all sorts of things, even for door alarms. Now, after I felt that unconscious fear when I approached a door my rational, conscious mind would kick in and determine if that fear was justified or not. This justification process is judgment. I became fearful, which is the trigger, then analyzed my fear, which is the judgment. Judgment is when we consciously analyze our triggered negative emotions to determine if they're justified. When I approached a door... My fear would kick in, but immediately afterwards, I would remind myself that the door I was about to push on was very likely not alarmed, so it would be safe to push open. I judged my trigger to be inaccurate in every situation, so I started creating a new pattern. Like I said, for almost two years, this old pattern kicked in, but every time I analyzed it and determined it was an old, useless pattern my brain started memorizing a new pattern. I was replacing the old pattern with a new one, and soon, I never felt it again. I think on occasion, that old pattern might still show up in small ways, but it's so distant and fuzzy now that it's no longer a problem. If anything, the visual memory may pop up, but the emotional attachment has dissolved. And that's good news, because I really believed that I was going to have to live with this fear for the rest of my life this kind of makes you think about scare pranks doesn't it well it makes me think of them in the sense that scaring someone can burn a pattern into their brain so that the fear is repeated over and over again until they finally overwrite the old pattern with a new one that doesn't involve being scared in my opinion scare pranks are actually sort of cruel because of this if the person you are scaring Does get that event burned into their brain, which doesn't always happen, but it can, they might re experience that fear over and over again for years. It's not a one time thing, it can be remembered unconsciously to rear its ugly head over and over again. This is something to keep in mind if you're into this. I mean, I did a prank once on my dad that I laughed about for years. But realize now that I should never have done it Because of what I've learned about patterns Anyway, this talk about triggers and judgments Is leading somewhere, I promise So, can you think of any judgments you have? Do you feel a certain way when someone you know does a certain thing? Do you get triggered by other people's behavior? I'm willing to bet that there's something that someone else does That bugs you you want to go there next? <laughs> Let's do it. When my ex-wife reached for Swedes, I got triggered. The emotions that came up for me were anger, fear, and sadness. I was angry that she was destroying her body with junk food. I was fearful that she'd gain weight and I wouldn't be attracted to her anymore. And I was sad because if she chose to reach for food instead of talk to me when she was in a bad emotional space, it hurt. It was like the food was her emotional support and not me. Now, it doesn't matter if all of this is true or not. It doesn't matter if she was actually destroying her body or not. At the time, in my mind, all that mattered was that I believed that's what she was doing. It doesn't matter if she were actually gaining weight or not or shortening her lifespan or whatever because at the time, I believed it was true. And it doesn't matter if she would feel better eating sweets instead of talking to me for emotional comfort because I believed it was true regardless of the facts. When I got triggered, I made a judgment about her. My judgments about her were safety mechanisms for me. The pattern was... She would reach for junk food. I would get triggered. Then I would judge my emotions to be true without question. The problem with that is that I didn't take responsibility for my own judgments about her behavior. I instead placed all the responsibility for my judgments on her. Does that make sense? Instead of going back into myself and exploring how these beliefs I have are a problem I chose to believe the only way to make my fears go away was to push them onto her so that she would have to change and not me. This is typically the problem with judgment. We use our judgments about others to make the people we are judging responsible for how we feel. (laughs) In other words, I would only ever feel better if she changed behavior instead of me changing my judgment about her behavior if she reached for junk food and my judgment kicked in i would be unhappy with her even though i was making myself unhappy this is a real kicker actually because so many of us do this we look at someone else's behavior as a dig against us instead of something that they're doing to themselves i did this most of my life any behavior I disagreed with in a romantic partner, I'd see it as something they were doing against me, not for themselves. I wasn't conscious I was doing this until the last couple years of my marriage. However, once I figured it out, I started taking responsibility. When you judge someone else, whether it's How they eat, what they drink, or if they smoke, or if they exercise, or not, or what kind of car they drive, or how they talk, or whatever. You're actually addressing a fear within yourself that has yet to be resolved. Think about it. Have you ever been to a gathering of people and saw this one person that you felt judgmental about? Maybe it was something they did or said, or maybe you had a history with them of some sort. Regardless, there was something about them that rubbed you the wrong way. When you felt a judgment kick in, did you want them to do something different in order for you to feel better? Did you want them to leave or perhaps stay quiet or maybe stop drinking so that they didn't embarrass you? Whatever triggered inside you and caused you to judge them was actually revealing a fear inside yourself. And this is where it gets a little closer to the truth of what's happening. Every judgment you make about someone else stems from a fear or insecurity inside yourself. If you judge that someone isn't good looking, that usually points to a part of you that feels like you're not attractive. If you judge someone because of the amount of money they have, that usually points to a part of you that has a fear of having too little or too much or no money at all. Whatever you find yourself judging about someone else is a reflection of how you feel about yourself, usually at a very deep level. I should also add that sometimes when you judge, it can be from a feeling that your personal boundaries are being violated. In which case, if that's true, you could instead honor yourself instead of judge someone else. In other words, if if you're not a smoker, but someone sits next to you and smokes, you could get angry and think about how upset you are that someone sat right next to you and started smoking. This type of judgment is more you feeling as if your personal boundaries were crossed. This is the type of judgment I was dealing with in myself when I was married. I wanted a healthy lifestyle with the one I loved, so when I saw her reaching for sugar instead of I don't know, vegetables or something healthier, my personal boundaries were being violated. The problem with that, however, is that instead of honoring myself and getting out of that situation, I expected her to change to satisfy my personal boundaries. (laughs) Expecting someone else to change to satisfy your personal boundaries is possible, but you will often end up disappointed in the end because they will end up not honoring themselves, causing them to resent you. This is so complex. Talking about this stuff can get so deep and convoluted, especially when your triggers trigger another person. Like when I got triggered from something my wife did, she got triggered because she felt judged. This caused her to respond to me and her environment from a triggered state. When you make decisions from a triggered state, It doesn't always work out well, but lots of people do it. I worked with a guy who, sad to say, got triggered one day and murdered his wife. This was about 15 years ago. Crazy, huh? He seemed normal at work, but he had triggers lingering in the background that put him into an altered state. Many of your judgments about people and the world exist because of the lingering emotional triggers inside of you. For example, if you see someone doing something that disgusts you, that is because whatever they were doing triggered an emotional response inside of you. Now, that emotional response is then analyzed by your conscious mind forming into a judgment about the person or the situation. And then you act upon that judgment. This pattern gets repeated over and over again until either the stimulus for the trigger disappears or the emotion behind the trigger is processed and released. Okay, I think it's about time I stop repeating my pattern of over-explaining, and we get down to what we can do about our judgments when they come up. Does that sound like something you want to talk about? Well, like it or not, it's coming up next. So what can you do when you feel yourself Judging someone. It took me years to find out a way out of my own judgmental responses. I didn't realize that my relationships were failing because of my judgments. But when you think about it, who wants to be around someone that judges them for being themselves? When you can't be yourself around someone, you build resentment, and eventually the relationship ends one way or another. So, how do you avoid this? There's really only one thing to remember, and it's this one important fact that changed my entire perspective on judgments. If you completely adopt this into your belief system, you will never depend on others to change who they are or what they do to comply with your standards to be who you want them to be. Because remember, expecting someone to change for you can and does lead to resentment. They may make changes, but it won't always be because they want to. It might be because they feel obligated to. That's one of the key challenges in relationships, and one of the main reasons, in my opinion, why relationships fail. When you change for someone else, you're typically doing it because you want to please them and not yourself. This is not empowering or long-lasting. Again, this is usually what happens, not always. Sometimes you'll change for someone else and you're actually happy that you did so. But many other times, you might forego a part of who you are to make someone else happy. This can make you happy in the short term, but long term, it can start to crumble. So the one belief I'm asking you to adopt today is this. Whenever you feel the need to judge anything or anyone outside of you, remember that you are the one with the problem, not them. Here we go with harsh sounding words again, but I'm telling you, as soon as you redirect your judgment back into yourself, you'll start realizing that your judgments have to do with a part of you that you haven't fully developed and evolved yet. Ouch, I'm so sorry I have to say this to you, but I say it with love and respect for everything you are and everything you can become. And I say this from a wealth of experience from being a very judgmental person for most of my life. Whenever you judge someone or something for any reason, it is a part of you that hasn't evolved in some way. Now, I realize the word evolved is a tad exaggerating, but look at it in the sense of, Evolving your consciousness to the point where you take full responsibility for what you think and how you feel. And I'm not absolving anyone's actions here. I'm not saying that there aren't cruel people in the world that do awful things. But when you judge someone, you're responding from an emotional trigger that was set off and put you into an altered state of mind. When you're in an altered state of mind, you actually lose some of your good judgments and can make bad decisions. Isn't that wild? When you're not triggered, you probably have good judgments like how to treat people and knowing you need to pay your bills on time and knowing you need to go to work or school or whatever. Your good judgments exist because you're not triggered. But when you are triggered, bad judgment kicks in and you might do things you later regret. For example, if I saw someone attacking my girlfriend, I might get emotionally triggered and become altered in my mind to do something quite awful to the perpetrator. How far would I go? Would I kill the person? I don't know. And if I killed him, would I end up in jail? These are the kind of questions we don't ask ourselves when we're triggered because getting triggered puts us in fight or flight mode. Of course, this is sort of a worst case scenario thing. There are times when your triggered state will protect you and your loved ones, for sure. I'm just referring to the judgments that pop up and keep us feeling bad most of the time. During my entire marriage, I felt a low-level state of anger and sadness all the time. I stayed in a hoping state. I kept hoping she'd stop eating junk food. I kept hoping that her addiction would simply go away. And the more I hoped, the more it seemed nothing changed. When something inside me finally clicked, I got the answer. Instead of focusing on her to fix her problems so that I would feel better, I came to an ultimatum in myself. And this is important because, first off, I finally realized that her problems are her problems, not mine. What I did was make them mine because I didn't want to leave the relationship. I figured because I don't want to leave the relationship, she will have to change to make me feel better. (laughs) But that's not reality. That's not how life works. People don't change for us. We change for ourselves. This has to be the way. You have to change for you and no one else. That is, if you even want to. When I took responsibility for myself and saw that there were three fingers pointing back at me when I pointed one at her, my judgments shifted inward and I now focused on what I needed to do to be the type of person that could accept those around me for who they were. Or if I couldn't accept them, I had to leave the situation. That was the turning point for me. My ultimatum for myself was to accept that my judgments were my problems or leave the relationship. That's it. No other choices. But because I so badly wanted to keep this person in my life, I chose to accept that she will always be this way and may keep gaining weight until she can no longer move. I realize that's probably an offensive way to say it, but I had to create scenarios of what could happen if I accepted things as they were instead of trying to fight them. Once I accepted this scenario, my judgments dropped. I accepted that I loved her no matter what and that I just needed to accept that who she is won't change. So who I am needs to if I want to stay. It was all about me and always has been. If I left, That would have been okay too, because it would have been me honoring my personal boundaries and what I wanted in my life. But the final decision to stay was all based on what I wanted in my life for me and had nothing to do with her changing or doing anything different than she already was. This is how you evolve your consciousness. You make all your judgments about you, and then you go inside and give yourself an ultimatum. Do you accept everything about the person you're judging right now? Or is their behavior simply crossing your personal boundaries so much that you will eventually crumble? There may be other choices too, but in my experience, they typically need to be absolutes. An absolute brings closure. It's the difference between, well, I'll just be more lenient and I will absolutely accept everything about them. And if I can't accept them, I will leave to preserve who I am. Just think of an absolute as a final decision on something as opposed to a wishy-washy decision. For example, if you said, I'm going to give it more time or I think I can handle his or her drinking, but I still want them to stop smoking. These do not bring closure and rely on someone else changing. However, if you gave yourself an absolute, it might sound like this. By December 31st, if he or she doesn't change, I'm leaving. And of course, it can also be an absolute acceptance as well. Like, I realize that my problem with his or her behavior is my problem and not theirs. So I just have to accept that that's who this person is and they will never, ever change. Do you recognize the closure that brings? Closure is so important to your mental health. Giving yourself an ultimatum provides closure otherwise you're stuck with these emotional triggers and judgments coming up all the time and they add to a low level of stress and anxiety that never seems to go away but knowing there's an end either way whether you accept and stay or reject and leave is closure it could be a very hard decision but at least it gives you direction and forward momentum and as i always say Sometimes you're in a situation that simply can't change. When you're in this type of situation that you know will never change, then full acceptance of what is needs to happen. Or look for outside assistance to help you cope and handle things. Remember, you're never the only one with challenges like yours. There are billions of people on the planet, so I guarantee someone is going through or has gone through something just like you. These are the people that you want to reach out to. In this day of easy access to so many groups and individuals who we can reach in a click, there's no longer a reason to feel alone. There are people just like you out there, just waiting to hear from someone in their same situation. So what all this comes down to is you. That's what everything comes down to, really. No one needs to change for you. Only you need to change for you. And let me tell you what happens when you focus on yourself instead of others. You give them the gift of freedom. They are now free to act and change if they want to or not. This is very empowering for both you and them. When other people no longer feel that you are judging them, they frees them. And, and sometimes they may change just because they don't feel pressured to. Maybe they've been wanting to evolve themselves all along, but resented the idea of pleasing the people that were judging them. And maybe when they no longer feel judged, they feel empowered. This is what happened just before my divorce. When I let go of my judgments, my wife was at first lost. She didn't know how to act or what to say without me judging her, so she was confused and wasn't sure what to do next. This allowed her to find her own path and look inward to decide what she really wanted for herself. Instead of always worrying about pleasing me and making me happy, she felt the freedom to be herself. She started working again, she made friends, and she made changes in her life that fulfilled her in ways that I couldn't during our marriage. I admit it, living with me during my judgmental years took a toll on her, so. She had to break free from that Sometimes the most important lessons Originate from the most painful events My divorce was important Painful And liberating All at the same time It was what needed to happen In order for both of us to be free Of the chains of judgment and stagnation It was an absolute It was closure It hurt But it was what was needed In order for both of us to move forward and gain momentum. The judgments we form create a low-level stress and anxiety that is hard to get rid of. When we hold judgments about others, we hold on to negative emotions. We stay in an open state where we can be triggered over and over again by the same behavior. This episode was more about how our judgments affect our relationships as opposed to judging people for crimes or heinous acts of cruelty. The judgments we have about others eat away at us emotionally and psychologically. It's when we judge loved ones for how they eat or how they dress, their nuances, their overt behavior, their friends, how much money they make or don't make or their attitude and so many other things that we take on as our own problems. When I realized that my ex-wife's addiction problems were hers and not mine, I let them go. When she realized I let them go, she didn't get triggered by me anymore. Not being in a state of always worrying about what someone else will say or do is liberating. It frees you to live authentically. You can become the person you want to become because you feel empowered. We went through a lot of detail in this episode, but really what it all comes down to is letting people be themselves, period. And if being themselves violates your personal boundaries and you can't or won't accept their behavior, then give yourself an ultimatum. Come to terms with everything going on and learn to either accept everything about the other person or remove yourself from the situation. I can't think of any healthier way to do it. I realize that other people in your life might seem to be destroying themselves, but if they don't want help, there's nothing you can do. The people in our lives are their own person. If they want to change, it has to come from a decision inside of them, not us. They may want to change because they may want to keep someone like you in their life, in which case, jump in and help them all you can, if that's what you want for your life, that is. But if they have no desire to change, there's nothing you can do. You could try other things for sure. You could do an intervention or you could force them to get help if they need it. But change happens at such a deeper level within someone. There has to be a desire to change somewhere in them. And once you recognize that desire, you can work with them instead of against them. Helping someone who doesn't resist is a lot easier than trying to help someone who doesn't want it. Believe me, I have loved ones that I wish would change. As I know that as long as they stay on the road they're on, they'll die young. But what can I do? I have the skills to help them, but they're not looking for help. So I just stay available if they're ready to change. I don't want them to die, but I can't force them to to want to live. If they're in pain and want to talk, I'm here. They know this, but it's a matter of self-empowerment. I realize some people are just too far into their own stuff to gain empowerment, but that's where acceptance comes in. Accept that that's where they need to be at this time, even if you disagree with it. After all, if you were ever a teenager, you know what it's like when someone else, especially an adult, tells you what to do, you think you know what you're doing, so you do your own thing anyway. That's how I see people that are rebelling or intoxicating their lives somehow. Some act like teenagers, believing that they know exactly what they're doing and don't need anyone's help to change. Now, if you're a parent, sometimes you have to intervene, but sometimes people just want to know that you're there for them as an open Non judgmental ear, so that when things do get bad, they have someone to share their struggles with. When this happens and someone trusts you enough to share some of their pain, that's when their self empowerment can begin. When you feel safe to share with someone else, you'll find behaviors in you that you may not like start to disappear on their own. It's just the way it works. If you can find a safe, non-judgmental person who will listen to you without giving you their opinion and won't judge what you say or do, healing can happen on its own. I remember the moment my ex-wife had enough of my judgmental attitude. It was the moment she closed her heart completely. It was a moment I could never take back, no matter how much I grew and healed from whatever fears or old belief systems I still had in me. It wasn't too long after that that I did lose my judgments about her, but she had already locked the vault to her heart once and for all. All that chipping away I did year after year simply took its toll, and the safety was gone, and she could no longer be in the relationship. Sometimes we need to learn and grow by going through the pain. It's just the way life works. Pain is our greatest teacher, as long as we're strong enough to learn the lesson. The lesson I learned was that when someone gets close to me, they do so out of trust. They open their heart to me, and by doing so, they become vulnerable. I've learned that it's a massive responsibility and honor to be trusted with something that can be so easily damaged. When someone opens their heart to you and wants to spend time with you more than any other person, consider that they have the option to spend their time with anyone else in the world, but they are there with you. Even if it's not a romantic relationship, even if it's just for a few hours, that person could be anywhere else, doing anything else, but they chose to spend those few hours with you. That is such a blessing in so many ways. After my wife left, I was alone for almost a year. And even then, I felt blessed when someone would call and want to talk with me. I felt honored when someone would share something with me in an email. People wanted to connect with me. We all know other people. How often do we really connect with them? And now that I'm in New Hampshire for the time being, I love being able to see my mom and really spending quality time with her. There are people in our lives that may not always be there. So when you can turn off your judgments and just be present for them as they talk and share what's on their mind, you will connect with them at a wonderfully deep level and they'll feel it. Giving someone that time where you really listen without giving advice or interrupting is one of the most wonderful gifts you can give they may still ask for advice and that's fine feel free but sometimes people just want to know that you are there actually listening and connecting with them to show that you care Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I thank Asha, Holly, Nicholas, Cristania, Grace, Jane, R.A., Rigo, Alfonso, Elizabeth, Michelle, Cheryl, Kenneth, Diana, Rosie, Furman, Anne, and Yvette. And if I didn't mention your name, just know that I appreciate and thank you too. Visit TheOverwhelmedBrain.com forward slash books to check out my book called clear the path to happiness, powerful practical steps to become happier, feel better and enjoy living. If you want to learn to clean the clutter of obstacles in your life to clear the path to your happiness, head over to the overwhelmed and click on the books button. And as always, if you want to support the show, just shop at Amazon using the Amazon link at the overwhelmed You pay no more, and Amazon sends pennies on the dollar to the show to keep it going. Hey, the holidays are coming up, so start your shopping spree now. Your support is making a difference, and it's going towards a good cause. You. I'll have to admit, I still get the occasional trigger every now and then, but I immediately turn it inward. I caught myself just a few days ago getting triggered by something I thought no longer bothered me. I explored it in myself and came to the conclusion that I had a belief I brought from childhood into my adult world. This is what our triggers usually are, old belief systems that no longer apply. When you find yourself judging someone, explore what triggered that and figure out when you first experienced that trigger, when it was created. Were you a child or? And does what you used to believe still apply today? If so, would you be better off leaving the situation you're in now or talking about what's triggering you with those you love? Or maybe you can even come to a full acceptance of what you cannot change and just let the pieces fall where they may. Only you know best, so this is for you to decide. I know I love closure, so I go for absolutes. I absolutely want these bad feelings I'm feeling now to end so I deal with them in the moment I know you can be happy and stress-free well at least mostly stress-free hey there's always something that comes along that can be a little stressful but the road of life can't be clear of all obstacles otherwise you'd experience and learn nothing without obstacles you wouldn't need to learn anything sure some lessons are much harder than others but You're here. You're resilient and wanting more for yourself. And that is huge. I believe in you. You have more potential than you could ever imagine. So just allow yourself to experience life to the fullest with all your faults and fears and just go for it. Once you let go and dive into life, you'll discover what I already know to be true, that you are amazing.